0: I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, September 26, 2019. We are looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider which is the proxy for the S&P 500. And here's a news flash or breaking news. I don't have a lot of notes today. However, we're going to talk about all the charts. We're going to discuss the market. We're going to look at the market from a common sense perspective. The market is telling us something. You already see it on the screen. I've got a horizontal line at 297 now it's not anything to the penny from a technical perspective what it is is it's what the market is telling us the market is telling us that in and around this price area it's very important it's the bull bear fight in and around 297 and remember numbers are fluid but right now As it stands, over the last day or so, this has been proven to be a very, very important area. You see how it was a former break-up area where the market gapped up to this area, came back to test the area, got below it, were back above it. All of a sudden, we're right on it. So to me, it's an important area. Now, even to further the case that it's important, when you go back in time... It was important once before or many times before. So once important, twice important, three times important. It just seems to be important over and over and over again. In here, we can go through a litany of information as to the market ran up to this area, broke out again, came back to retest it, retested it, broke down, came back, gapped to that area. So you can see where this area is important again. Is it 296 something or is it 297.50, 297 and a quarter? It doesn't really matter. It's subjective at that point. We can narrow down a number after the fact. The point is, this general zone is important. The market's either going to continue to find support here. The bulls are going to win the fight and they're going to have another leg to the upside or they're going to give up the ghost and the jury is still out. We're waiting. We need to wait for the market to give us confirmation. When it's teetering on a particular number, it, to me at least, that's the market's way of basically stalling. It's the market's way of torturing traders, going back and forth, back and forth, not really tipping their hand until they get everybody out of the way. Get everybody who had a position, throw up the position, and then they make the move. That's the way the market works. Why does it work that way? Because it was designed by the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew. And that's the way they designed it. To make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. That's you and me. That's what they're trying to do. They could probably fool me for a day or so. They can fool me for 10 or 20 points in the S&P. But they're not going to fool me for much more than that. By the way, isn't that a little jerky of me to say they can't fool me? I'm not saying that. They can fool me. I said they can fool me for a day. They can fool me for some points, but I'm generally going to catch on pretty quick to what's going on. Why is that and how does that work? Well, I've paid my dues and I've figured out how the market works, but I figured it out the hard way. Most everybody figures it out the hard way. I'm trying to give you something way better than the hard way. I'm giving you the benefit of my pain, the pain that was endured for years figuring out how the market works. So how do we read this? Well, there's a couple of ways. We're going to read it both sides of the tape, both sides of the coin, the upside and the downside. So assuming we stay above, and this is the bull case, assuming we stay above 297, they're going to want to rally to the top of that breakdown candle from the other day. We talked about that already. The high is 299.84. It begins to get close to the big fat round number of 300. Maybe you spike through it a little bit. You have another breakdown candle high right above that. So our conclusion last night was there's a lot of overhead resistance up there. Did anything change? No, there's still a lot of overhead resistance up there. What about the flip side? What about the bear case? You have to begin to get below yesterday's low. You have to contend, or the Bears have to contend, with yesterday's lows. Remember what we had beneath that? We missed a gap at 294 and change yesterday by pennies. They took off to the upside. What happens if they should come back down to revisit that gap? Are they likely to stop and reverse again at that gap? Or is that gap going to be... The stick of butter that the hot knife is dropping through. From where I sit, I wouldn't be a willing participant at that 294 gap because of yesterday's shenanigans. Doesn't mean it wouldn't or won't work. I just won't be a willing participant as a result of the shenanigans. And basically, when you take a look at that, we're in the middle of that range. We're in the middle of that bookend if you will or series or a pair of bookends on the upside the downside we're smack in the middle there's nothing you can do in the middle of a range until we break out of this range there's nothing doing they will break out of the range but until they do it's just a chop shop that's the daily chart let's get a different perspective let's look at some other time frames here's an hourly chart Now, this doesn't look like the daily chart, not at all. This looks like a bear flag pattern. This looks bearish. This looks like there can be a continuation move in the southern direction. How does that get wiped off the slate? Well, from an hourly chart perspective, you have to first, and this is the first order of business, begin closing hourly up in this area here, really above the 50-period moving average, But even if you were able to do that, or they were able to do that, there's still more overhead resistance. Not saying it can't happen, but what can happen is a gap over it. We talk about that all the time. How can they get to a certain spot without being able to grind through that spot during the day? And the answer is they gap above, or they gap below. We've seen that over and over and over again, and I'm saying that this would be one of those areas where it would be more convenient for the bull case. It would be more convenient for the bulls to just gap over it and go because it's not so easy to grind through it during the day. That's what I see from where I sit on the hourly chart. Anything different on the 120-minute chart? Not really it's basically the same thing it's actually more pronounced you see this here once or if you're able to close in this case it's a two-hour candle but if you could if you were able to close a two-hour candle above that breakdown candle high that would be bullish and that would promote higher prices in the northbound direction that's the bull case but for the bull case you have to get going on the upside same routine they could gap over it one morning. And if they're going to do that, they better hurry up because the other side of that is pretty ugly. The other side of that is this will be a continuation pattern and whether you start it from here or you start it from here, doesn't make any difference. What's going to happen if this plays out this way is you're going to come down and fill some gaps down here. I don't know if you stop here. We'll see. We're not going to get into any kind of target picking right now we're not in that scenario so we don't really want to use a hundred and twenty minute chart for target practice we're just looking at the chart and we're basically putting a if then statement on it if the market drops then this happens meaning the support is likely here here or here and by the way let me just take a sidestep for a second for those of you new I'm not saying we don't know where the support is going to be I'm just saying we're not going to discuss it right now because the market isn't necessarily in that falling mode. And inside the numbers members will have that information and anyone that's taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader is likely able to find out the same general area or numbers that I'm going to look at anyway. In fact, that's the entire point of the course. What happens when we go out a little bit and look at the 240-minute chart? You have that really fugly candle But then all of a sudden you start thinking, are they going to want to test the top or near the high or somewhere in the vicinity of that neighborhood of the breakdown candle? And if the answer is yes, then there's another push higher coming. Is it coming to Friday? Do they close Friday at the high and hit them into next week? Or do they close Friday at the high, get everybody bullish get them over 3,000, the big fat round number of 3,000, and keep them going for a few more days. That's entirely possible. We would only know and be able to confirm that with a 240-minute close above the high of this breakdown candle. That high is the same 299.84 from the daily chart that we spoke about a few minutes ago. So you see how even though we look at different charts and we visually pick up different things... The numbers work out the same. And when you look at several different charts and the numbers make sense on several different charts for different reasons, then the number is important. That's the type of stuff that's taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. Keeping the ball moving around the horn, how about Camp IWM? Raise your hand if you think that trend line is important. I do. I'm raising two hands right now. Yesterday, we closed right on it. Are there any accidents or coincidences? I think not. What else can we pick up from the IWM today? Well, the IWM was down over 1%. The S&P 500 was down about one quarter of 1%. So here again, we have a divergence. So the markets, day in, day out, have been diverging. Not every market the same each and every day, but we've been seeing some divergences. When that happens... It's kind of like the market is getting ready. It's revving up for a move. When you see markets disconnecting, things getting kind of weird. And I would say we're in the weird camp for a number of different reasons. I'm not sure we're going to get into all of them tonight. I didn't necessarily prepare for conspiracy theory 4.0 or 5.0. Not sure exactly what number we're on. We're going to have to have somebody keep a logbook. Do they sell books like that anymore? Do they have stationary stores anymore? I don't think so. Soon you won't have Office Depots anymore either. Just a quick short hop. ODP, Office Depot. I mean, it's a buck sixty-eight. It's going to zero. It's just a matter of when. It's just a matter of when they go bankrupt and have to either reorganize or do something else. But this company is not going to be a stock at some point in time. That's inevitable. Getting back in our lane over in Camp IWM... How significant is today's drop in the IWM? Well, I think it's significant. I think if they can't recapture that trend line to the upside, to the north side, I think it is significant. And if they can't recapture it on the upside, well, what's the other case of that? What's the other side of that? They go in the other direction, down. So if that's what's going on, they're going to obviously drag the other markets with it. So this is a puzzle piece. It's on the table. Until and unless the IWM can get above and sustain above, above that trend line, then there's no dice. Just take notice of this big breakdown candle here from the 24th. That was Tuesday. I suppose they could run a test and still close below the trend line. And if they did that, by the way, that would be uber bearish. But right here, right now, we're below the trend line. And I think that's extremely important. It's a puzzle piece. It's a rather large puzzle piece. It's on the table. Here's the weekly chart. What do you think I'll be looking at and Friday's close? You bet your bottom dollar, I'll be looking at this chart right here. And by the way, we officially don't need this anymore. I think that has been on my chart for like four years. For those of you that didn't know what it was or knew, it was a trend line that connected basically this uptrend here. And when it broke, we began trading below that trend line, trying to fight back to that trend line and now we're away from that trend line and it doesn't really matter anymore. I'll tell you what matters on this chart is, is this a bull flag pattern that's going to have another leg higher or is this going to break down because this trend line is a valid trend line, the market thinks it's important and they can't seem to sustain above that trend line. That's the other side, that's the other possibility. We're going to find out or get one step closer to that answer tomorrow on Friday's close, this week's close. What do we see when we swing by the transportation department? Not much. It was basically tracking the SPY today or vice versa. Either way, neither were tracking the other. I'm just saying they were down about the same, but we can't gain any information from that. So nothing changed really from yesterday. They still found support at these moving averages thus far, but in large part, the transports are going to follow the market. The market's going to follow the transports. If everything's going to go up together in a big way, the transports will follow. And if everything's going to go down together in a big way, the transports will follow. So for now, we'll leave it at that. Any data from the Qs? Not really. Same story as the transports. Again down about half a percent, it's tough to make a federal case out of four or five-tenths of a percent. We've done this before, but we might as well do it again. Basically, what you have here is a big wedge formation. And there's a couple of things going on. Either it's going to play out like that and have another leg and a pretty severe leg to the downside, or the cues are going to get back above the 20-period moving average, try and work their way higher, continue to eat time off the clock, building up energy to challenge the highs once again. And if, in fact, they do that, they're going through the highs. That's the other side of the tape. That's the other side of the coin. What about the third side to the coin? Actually, back to the other side. What about that trend line? Is that trend line valid? Why not? It's not for me to say. It's for the market to say. Right now, as long as the market's above that trend line, it's not going to fall a lot. But it appears to me the market thinks that trend line is important. Is it an accident or a coincidence that the 100 period moving average or any moving average for that matter lines up with the trend line right now? No, that's not an accident or a coincidence. How about this question? If this is going to break down, when is it going to break down? And the answer is when nobody believes it's going to break down or You wake up one morning and it's already down at 184, 182, and they keep going. That's the one where you're not in the move. You're thinking you'll just get in the move when the move is on. And that's the one where they don't let you in. You know the one. The one where you're waiting for the bounce. You're waiting for the rip. We get into the sell the rip in the wide swings in both directions type of market. You're waiting for those. You're waiting for one of the wide swings in the northern direction You're going to hit them hard, you're going to short the market, and you're going to take the next leg down with everybody else. Well, that's the one they don't give it to you. That's the one where they just gap and go in the southern direction. Can that happen? Absolutely. It's happened before. It will happen again. How do you know it's happening while it's happening? You show up to Inside the Numbers and you'll know woodshed meet mr bitcoin mr bitcoin meet woodshed you can see they did something cute they came up just short of the 200 period moving average bounced away from it are they going to come down and hit the 200 and then find support and trade away in the northern direction or on the next run down, are they going to go right through the 200 period moving average i vote it's likely b I don't have a dog in the fight, but it reminds me of that gap that was missed yesterday around 294 in the SPY. And under normal garden variety market conditions, those are usually akin to a rope a dope or some other kind of nonsense. Anything special about 73.17 and 63.72 and change? No, I just put the markers where the gaps are. But when you look at a weekly chart, you can see how ironic it is that that second gap happens to be in a zone where the market spent a lot of time going back and forth, back and forth, it broke down, it rallied back right to that same breakdown area, gapped up and went, where are we going? Are we coming back to test the former breakout area or breakdown area? It's possible. Here's what I would say. I don't know that Bitcoin will get down to 63,6400 in that neighborhood, maybe lower, but if they did, do you think anybody would want to buy it by that time? I mean anybody other than me. How about the XLF? Any information from the financials today? Not really. Down a half a percent. Again, can't make a federal case out of that, and we're above all the moving averages. And the moving averages are either running sideways or at least the 20-period moving average is turned up and is running higher. So until and unless we break below the 20-period moving average, the XLF is in an uptrend. Now you look at the weekly chart and you say, well, wait a minute, what jumps out at me? Well, what jumps out at me is two things, actually a lot more than two things. This is an interesting chart. One of the main items that we should discuss is where we are in relation to the moving averages. We're above all the moving averages. So just by definition, above all the moving averages, you can't say it's bearish. It's bullish when you're above all the moving averages. Again, this is a weekly chart, so based on weekly closes, as long as that remains true, there's nothing severely bearish or there's nothing bearish about this chart. Now, there's another thing that I notice. I noticed that we have a breakup candle, and therefore we have a breakup candle low that happens to be right above these moving averages. So the low happens to be 27.57. Now that also coincides within a dime of the 27.47 that we talked about 472 times. I'm not saying any of these numbers will be hit tomorrow or next week or anything like that. I'm just saying... Here are numbers that are important. Here are the reasons why they're important. Here are the things that I look at. If you like the way I look at stuff, then follow suit. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. If you like it and you want to learn more, this is only the tip of the iceberg. I'm really not giving you the foundation of how the market works. That's found in the Lazy E-mini Trader course. What I'm giving you is continuing education. What some of you, unfortunately, don't realize is that certain things, while they may appear to make sense and they may appear as a certain thing or a certain way, they may actually be something different based on what's taught in the course. And it's a kind of a hard one to wrap your head around sometimes, but you can think of it like this. Sometimes, we don't know what we don't know. And then if you really want to even peel that layer back one more time, You have to also realize that some people have a hard time making the distinction between fact and opinion. Let me give you one of each and you see which one makes more sense. I'm buying XYZ because the chart looks good. I think we're going to get a nice pop higher out of it. I've literally seen trade alerts that looked something like that from fill-in-the-blank service. The flip side of that is... This chart looks bullish, it is bullish, until and unless we close an hour, a day, a week, whatever chart we're looking at, we use that particular time frame, and we use whatever we're looking at. In this case, let's say it was a breakup candle low. It could be a breakdown candle high. It could be a pivot high. It could be anything. It could be something that's taught in the course Like, how to use a measurement to figure out where a market might run to and where it might get rejected from. It all comes back to one thing, the numbers. But if you have numbers and you have specifics, I can hang my hat on numbers and a reason and an if-then statement. If this happens, then this. So I'm in the trade if this doesn't happen. And if this does happen, I'm out of the trade. That's clear. It's concise. It's not BS. It's usable information. It's information that has utility. Here's a short hop for you. Is that a head and shoulders neckline? It's interesting. Could be. What about that one? Did it already happen? Did they already break above it and come back below? A failure? What I like to call a recapture. And then what? They recaptured it again? Well, if that's the case, and that's a big if, who's to say? Right? This is where opinion comes in. Nobody can say definitively, it is, it isn't, and here's what's going to happen. The market's been back and forth so many times that whichever thing happens, if the bull case happened, you're going to see it was the result of the inverse head and shoulders pattern. But of course it was. But if the market drops... Nobody's going to come around and say, hey, the reason that the XLF dropped out of the sky was because of the failed inverse head and shoulders pattern. You're not going to hear that, so we're not going to talk about it. Here's the best I can offer you on that. It's 50-50 either way. How about the SMH? Did the SMH or the proxy ETF for the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index give us any clue any which way today? It was down about half a percent, six-tenths of a percent, Same as all the other stuff that was down, about the same as the S&P 500. Not really giving us anything, but when you look at yesterday's candle, that's a pretty good low. That's a pretty good candle. It looks like a bullish pullback pattern. It looks like a bull flag pattern. You have to notice it. You just can't ignore it. Whether you're bullish or bearish, it doesn't really matter. You can't help but notice that the market moved up, and then it basically put in a flag pattern coming up short of the 50-period moving average and having one hell of a rally yesterday off the lows, finishing near the highs. Now, it could be a -a rope-a-dope, but you have to admit and you have to recognize that that's important under normal garden-variety market conditions. It's the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, when you see that, that's bullish. It's the 20% that turns out to be a failure. So we're going to give it a wrap. We're going to end on that note. I want to thank everybody because without you, these videos are not possible. So I appreciate each and every one of you. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.